welcome once again to the Irish NFL podcast, brought to you in association with the 42.ie. Well, we're all finally back together. It's been a while since we've had a recording with all of us involved. Um, I'm Mark Cockrell, a fan of the nauseating New England Patriots, and I'm joined once again by my two boys. First of all, Brian O'Leary, a fan of the nightmarish New York Giants. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Brian. And Gordon Bridgefield, a fan of the... The Pittsburgh Steelers, who are led by the paranoid Mike Tomlin. Mark, how are you getting on? Delighted you remembered where we are, you know? Thanks, Gordo. Yeah, Thanks. Found, found us. Yeah. Fa- I found you boys again. Look, we've had some great episodes of the last few weeks. Obviously, the three of us haven't been together, but we've been helped out by Steve O'Rourke from the 42, our Bears fan Noel Dowling, and we've had some good fun in those episodes we recorded with the guys there. Um, as always, episodes with all of us and our former guests you can find on iTunes or SoundCloud, and do follow us on Twitter at IrishNFLPod. Now, boys, unfortunately, due to outside commitments, I've been uh, missing in action a couple of the last couple, a uh, couple of weeks, and because of all this, unfortunately, last week I missed our our quaffing of fine wine, our tasting of cheese, our delicate discussion of games over Thanksgiving, um, in otherwise known as beer, chicken wings, and screaming at the television. Um, but let's kick off there. We had Thanksgiving games. We had lots of football on Thursdays and lots of football on Sundays. So Thanksgiving this year, guys, good, bad, indifferent? Good beers in the woodshed and reasonably good games, and particularly the fourth game, the Vikings at the Lions. Um, me and Gordon about Wentford Lions. We thought they might have upset the, kind of the form and, and won that game. They'd had a good record on Thanksgiving, but I think it's clear now the Vikings, they're a serious threat in terms of the NFC to the Eagles and the Saints. Gone there, put up a big lead. Uh, Lions came back again, as they always do, but he couldn't pull her out of fire in the end. Um, the yeah. Vikings did enough. Well, I mean, it comes back to my first rule of betting for all the gamblers out there. Said it at the start of the season, do not trust Matthew Stafford against a playoff team. Matthew Stafford, yet again, of the $135 million contract, did not perform against a playoff team. Well, we had a conversation last week in the podcast about the whole Case Keenum and Bridgewater situation. It's yeah. clear now they have to stick with Case Keenum. He was brilliant in the game. Two uh, really good touchdowns to uh, the, the tight end, uh, Rudolph. Rudolph, Carl Rudolph, yeah. yeah. And then uh, he ran for a touchdown. But he was getting knocked around a bit and he was still getting up and you know playing the game. He looked really good. His mobility has helped, but to what extent has he really been helped? By Stefan Diggs has taken it to another level. Thielen is a, is a find this year. I mean, he was exclusive rights free agent, I think, last season. They've given him a one-year deal and he's performed lights out. I mean... Is it is it Keenan or is it actually the receiving court and the strong offensive line they've got there in Vikings? I think it's a contribution of a lot of things on, on the uh, on the offensive side. You have uh, Murray who's coming for the Raiders has done really good, um, unexpected, you know, in terms of what his production would be. Um, McKinnon looks really good. He's come on and let Peterson go has allowed them, them two players to kind of step up. And after Dalvin Cook got uh, went to yeah, IR as well, yeah, yeah. and we kind of forgotten about him now because of the situation how well they're doing. But it all to me, it all comes back down to this defense. I only put they lost a lot of points to the Lions, but the Lions traditionally put up good points at home. But they're stepping up in particular the big games. Another big game this weekend away to the Falcons. Falcons on a bit of a roll. Be interested to see who comes out on top yeah. of that one. So look, we have one Thanksgiving tradition, the Lions losing in the early game. Next Thanksgiving tradition, was, as always, is to go to Dallas. And we have the Los Angeles Chargers at the Dallas Cowboys. But Gordo, this wasn't the Dallas Cowboys that people know and remember. The Chargers won this 28-6. And I wouldn't even say it was that close. I mean, it was the Chargers' ineptitude in the first half more than anything that kept it close. Yeah, and I kind of went for the Cowboys last week. I thought this would be a game that they'd come back and win, but... Uh, both teams have been very inconsistent as well, especially with the Chargers. They come off; they're coming off a win the the week before, 
Um, I think Brian went for the Chargers last week. I went for the Cowboys. I didn't realize how bad the offensive line was for the Cowboys until I watched this game. Um, and yeah, they were just very poor. Um, but there seems to be unrest in the Cowboys organization at the moment. I think everything that's happening with Ezekiel Elliott, Jerry Jones, it, it just seems to be playing a toll because the Cowboys aren't the team that we, they were last season. Um, and they're definitely not the team that we thought they would become week one or two. So yeah, I think the Chargers, both teams going nowhere, both sitting at five and six really. Oh, I d- disagree on the Chargers. Do you think so? I, again, I don't think they're consistent enough. That's the issue with the Chargers, in my they opinion. They seem to be correcting the issues now. Fact, yeah, there's, there's a few reports this week and not a lot of people coming out and saying they're going to win, run the table. And win the AFC West. Yeah, I think they're around. the hottest team in the AFC West. That's that's the thing. And I, arguably, I hear arguably one of the hottest teams, well, albeit I mean, the Patriots and the Steelers, you know, everybody's trying to talk about the them. AFC, yeah. yeah, they're talking about them first and second Z, but who's going to put it up to them? It won't be the Chiefs. The, the one, the one uh, credence I, and sympathy I have for you, Gordo, is that the Chargers usually find a way to throw it away. Yeah. I mean, they've thrown away two games. The first two games of the season, they threw away. True with, away. Um, Jags away if you uh, miss going to true uh, missing uh, the kicks, uh, yeah. obviously, in the last minute. So I, there's always that fear with the Chargers, and it's always during the Rivers era, they'll find some way to mess it up. Um, with the talent they have, even with Tomlinson, they never made a Super Bowl. It's yeah. kind of atrocious, really, given what they had there. Um, but, but no, I, I, I think I think they'll get there. I, think I, they'll get I, there I, I, while, I don't think they'll win the AFC West. Um, I think the Chiefs will stay there, and I think the Chiefs are going to make a change. And I think you'll see Alex Smith. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I'm bringing go. it in. I'm bringing it in. There's chats. Of, he's ready. Um, everyone in the office thinks he's ready. They would rather not play him. But again, I don't think they expected. So Gulo's man crush, Patrick yeah. Mahomes. But I, I don't think anyone expected the Chiefs to suddenly turn into the team that they've turned into. So, and I also, I just don't think the Chargers are good enough, um, or sorry, consistent enough. You also have the Raiders teams. now when you're game behind, and obviously a lot of people expect the Raiders to win the division this year. Yeah. But they've done nothing, and yet they're only one game behind. Yeah, them. and the Raiders did win against Kansas City. So it and they beat Denver at the weekend. So, so. they've got uh, some... Um, of the tiebreakers going yeah. in their favour if they can beat Kansas City the second time. You just look at the games that's left over. If you go into the schedule, you look at who has the soft schedule. The Chargers have a soft schedule. They've got the Browns at home, the Redskins at home. All very winnable games. Probably come down to the game against the Chiefs. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think I think they've got, what we said it last week, they've got two of the best edge rushers. Yeah. Uh, Bowser and Ingram, on yeah. Their de- defense and, yeah. I think combined, they are probably what uh, the Denver Broncos used to have on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, it, they will... They will sack quarterbacks. They will create a lot of pressure. I just think Philip Rivers and the offense have been on off, and that's the problem with the offense in, in Chargers. So yeah, can they be consistent? That's yeah, the big question that's, on the that's offense. That's true. He's clicking with Keenan Allen a lot more and uh, uh, running back um, Gordon. Gordon. I was yeah. going to say Gordon. I was thinking I was wrong, but Gordon. Not this Gordon. Not this no, Gordon. Not this that's what was confusing yeah. me. Um, but Gordon has been running hard and everything. So but, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see with the Chargers, but certainly it's good signs and a great win on Thanksgiving there. Uh, the last. Thanksgiving game, um, you know, Brian. I was watching this, and it's Thanksgiving, so everyone's going to glutton out, okay? And what remind this reminded me of this: is the New York Giants at the Washington Redskins was Roman times, because in Roman times, when people had eaten too much, they would go to the vomitorium and promptly regurgitate the food so they could eat some more. Watching this game made me want to get sick. The Washington Redskins won twenty ten in a god awful game. It was a terrible game. Giants put up 170 yards on offense. It's the worst offensive display since 2013. The Redskins went much better. They just happened to get the game. It's 20 to 10 sounds comfortable. It was 10 all with two and a half to three minutes to go. Yeah. They got a touchdown. The Giants had to go from fourth down and rather than run the clock down, they took a field goal to kind of put themselves two I points. I mean, Kirk Cousins didn't do his contract negotiations yeah. any favors with that performance. And 
Eli Manning, now the second longest consecutive starting streak as a quarterback. Obviously, he's overtaken his brother. He's only behind uh, the irrepressible Brett Favre at 297. But it's going to get broken. Surely they're going to bench him at some point now. The season's lost. See what the rookies got. I don't believe they will. Uh, I think um, I think the Giants made a decision. And again, I suppose again, it's all based on what we're reading in the reports. And if we are at the stage of the season now where we, we don't want to win any more games because there's three... Three standout quarterbacks in the draft, and one of them, Darnell, is even talking about possibly not even going next year. He's probably hel- holding on for another year. If he goes, that kind of puts him in a more difficult situation because the Browns will take one. And depending, you know, Denver, three and seven, but they it, need a quarterback. It's the Browns. They never guarantee they're going to do the true, right thing. True. Anyway, look, not to go over too much, the Giants are in a situation now where they'll probably get an opportunity to draft one of the probably the best, you know, two or three of the best quarterbacks coming out next year. I don't think they'll let that pass, pass them by. So have you turned? Are you now going to be praying for losses? I'd never pray for a loss, but... But it yes. Is, it is. T- <laughs> it is t- I just look at the games that's left, and I don't see how they'll win many, possibly two. I can see two wins. Okay. Redskins at home and Cowboys at home. Right, well, let's move on to something far more positive. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, depending on how divisional games work out, which is still due to come, this was a big win for Atlanta. I mean, they won this 34-20. They're still right there. They've got games against the Saints, games against the Panthers coming up. They need to make up games and tiebreak behind. But, I mean, this sums up in five wo- five letters for me, this game summed up. J-U-L-I-O, Julio. He went 12 catches on 15 targets for 253 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he was the game what, what for the Falcons here. He was, and one of the touchdowns, which should have been um, um, a touchback. You know, we've had so many different conversations this season around quarterbacks, or sorry, around touchdowns. That Are you talking about the one when he was in midair? Where he, where he said it with the hand to the... To the no. Yep. No. Yep. No, he'd established as a runner no, in the field of play, and therefore when he reached it, he still had full control when he touched the pilot. You're changing your tune because I'm that not. happened against the Patriots. You are. I'm you not, are. because you he are. did not lose the ball before he crossed the pylon. So no, they no. correctly interpreted there's the no, There's no no one knows anymore because Dean Blandino <laughs> comes on from NFL Voice of Referees and goes, no, they're going to change this around. No, they don't. And then he quickly goes away. Sorry, connection lost in New York. We can't go back to him. So it's just, it's a farce. People do do. in the Jets game as well. It was right. Anyway, the other story of this is it was nearly another collapse by the Falcons because they were 26 up at halftime, 27-6 after the first drive, but back-to-back touchdowns for Tampa on consecutive drives, fumble for Atlanta, Tampa get the ball at their 42, 11 minutes left in the fourth, you know, chance to drive for a tie and score, and they turn it over on downs, but it was it's kind of like, do you trust the Falcons with a fourth-quarter lead anymore? Or with any lead, possibly. They've won three in a row now. They aren't going in the right direction. And that win, I think they kind of laid some of the ghosts the previous week where in Seattle where they built up a high score and okay, nearly threw it away again. But after the big win to go in okay. to the century yeah. and win. We'll see how it pans out. Uh, look, they're, they're not far behind. They're one game behind the Saints and the Panthers. After all of the... After everything that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just on the Julio Jones one, I, I think there's talks already as being probably the greatest wide receiver the game has seen because... Some of the stuff that that man does and breaks out in games is is unbelievable, and he's now playing for, like you know, he's, imagine if he had someone like Tom Brady throwing to him. I know. Weekend. Imagine, imagine. It could, I, I, it's funny when you say he's the probably the greatest wide receiver of all time. I, 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 I said he. That's a bit harsh on that. To be honest, I think he could be up. I think he'd be up there. I think. Oh, he, yeah. I think in a, if you had a discussion, you would be throwing. Who I was going to. I was the MVP last year. Like, fairness. Yeah, for one year. Yeah, not in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. Gould, they get closer to perfection 
The Browns are only the second team ever to have back-to-back 0 and 11 starts. 0 and 16 is looming. The Detroit Lions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints will st- soon have company in perfect losing seasons. Yeah, there's not really much to say here about the Browns. Um, like I, I said in last week's podcast, I've given up. Um, there's just nothing happening there. It seems to be kind of going back to what the old Browns used to be. Um, I suppose looking ahead to the Browns next season and depending where they go with the draft, like would you trust the Browns to draft a QB and actually turn him into a quarterback that's decent enough? That's that's the question I would have about the Browns. No. So then my next question is, would you rather use your cap space and get a quarterback that's somewhat decent? Go for somebody that's going to be coming in the free agency world. Like Kirk Cousins or something like that? you got to do something. you Because, you, you, again, if you're going to draft a QB, the Sam Arnold fella, the poor lad, Sam Darnold? Sam Donald. The poor lad is going to go to the Browns, and after what's happening this year, like you know, he's just going to go into trouble. And he's not I gonna think that's why he's just talking about him staying out for a year. They're probably thinking he don't want to go But there. then you go for the chosen Rosen, Josh Rosen yeah. at UCLA. Yeah. So, um, yeah. like if, the Chief, if the Chiefs get rid of Alex Smith? Oh, Chiefs God, no. Don't need to get rid of him. Well, they have to. If, if, if they're going to put in Patrick Mahomes next year, Alex Smith's not going to stay and sit as, sit as number two. Trade value would be very high. There's, a one, there's, one, there's one year left on his contract. Yeah. Oh, the Chiefs are going to trade him. If they're going to play Patrick Mahomes, they're going to trade him. I don't know. I'd keep him as backup if I was in the Chiefs. But anyway, you're, look, yeah. you, you, what, what the Browns will do in the front office, God only knows at yeah. the moment. But whatever they've been doing, it hasn't been working. And so. you don't think they're going to win any game? I'm just looking, sorry, just looking at what they've got left. So they've got the Chargers away this weekend. They'll lose that. Yeah. Oh, just poor the, Kaiser's going to get hit. They've got the Packers center. at home. You don't know what Huntley turns up for that. Possibly. That'd yeah. be nice. Great to snag a few Packers fans over there. Uh, then they're home to the Ravens. No. Yeah. No. Uh, they've got the Steelers. No. No. And then they got away, away to the Bears. Maybe. <sighs> Can you imagine if they're going away to the Bears in the last game of the season? Second last game. Second Christmas last Eve. Game. Could be Christmas, Christmas present. Eve. Could be their Christmas present in relation to it. I'd say some Bears yeah. wouldn't take it. Uh, uh, poor, poor Noel. <laughs> Wouldn't take it as a Christmas present. Anyway, moving on, ladies and gents. Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I could talk a lot about this game. Well, I couldn't talk a lot about this game. It wasn't a great game. Titans won 2016. wasn't very convincing. Um, however, if you've seen on Monday Chuck Pagano's press conference, that's what's more stunning. So the Indianapolis Colts threw away another fourth quarter lead. He was asked the question, is this a bit like Groundhog Day? with you constantly throwing away fourth-quarter leagues. And Pagano responded by summarizing the entire movie Groundhog Day and then drawing some analogy to hurricanes. It is probably the most bizarre 10 minutes of a press conference of all time. I mean, this is going down in history. The man has actually officially lost it. I mean, we all know he's losing his job at the end of the season. That's a guarantee. But I think he has lost his sanity and his grip on reality. Yeah, I, I, the Colts have just proven without Andrew Luck, they're they're not a team. I suppose the here's another one rather because again, look, the Colts threw it away. They're they're not an enjoyable team to watch. But here's the question for you: Chuck Pagano leaves. The talk is that the Arizona Cardinals are going to get rid of, or Bruce Arians is going to leave. Do we suddenly see a Bruce Arians reunioning the Colts? Yeah, but in a heartbeat. I would that, say that, if, that, if that, you're the Colts. Yeah, if you're the Colts, that's what I'm thinking. They, uh, I know you've said to me that it wasn't necessarily yeah, the Colts were pushed to get Brissett, but Yes. Um, the ESPN guys yesterday were saying it was a brilliant move for the Colts, albeit they didn't in- initiate it. Because what's going to happen is he's had such a good season, they'll get a first round draft pick for him next They year. won't get a first round draft second. pick for Brissett. They won't get a second round draft no, pick. No, I, 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 I'd be shocked if they do. Uh, I, I think if Andrew Luck can come back fit and you've got Bruce Arians managing that team, I think the Colts, 
That, that's all the Colts. The Colts need to start looking to next year. And in fairness, I, if I was the Colts, and I don't want to give them any hints, but I would not draft them. Uh, sorry, I would not trade Brissett. Colt, uh, luck comes back healthy. Yeah. Brissett's on the contract for two more years. You keep him as yeah. a solid backup who could go three and three well, with a better and, team and, around. And, just and, and you're bringing in a head coach who has turned second... Um, uh, your second quarterbacks into good quarterbacks yeah. that can come in and it's recover. Guaranteed currency for them, no matter what happens. Yeah, someone's gonna, no, someone's it, gonna reach. It is a good currency for them. I fully agree. I think from a Patriots perspective, of course, it would be nice if Brissett had stayed and we had that currency. But from all accounts and purposes, the Pats were actually going to cut him anyway. Yeah. So it was kind of a case of we've got a more immediate need at wide receiver. Yeah, we can't really carry him on the thing. So th- that was their their thinking. But yeah, obviously, but, benefit of hindsight. Would have been nicer. And look, the Titans are sitting seven and four. They're, they've kind of recovered a little bit to what they had started, you know, when the injury was in with uh, Mariota. So, look, it was a win that the Titans needed. They're racking them up. But yeah, uh, it was a great, it was a great weekend for the Titans actually, because obviously they won and the Jags fell. So they've gone back, leading the AFC South. Yeah. Um, it's probably between them and the Jags going forward. But the other is on, well on course for the fifth seed as the first wild card as well. They play each other in week seventeen. Yeah, I think it's going to decide it. That'll be flexed or Sunday night, possibly. And if, funny enough, there's a, there is a scenarios where they could end up playing each other the following week as the fourth and fifth seed. So really, it'll be a case of who wins to get the home game. I remember, who who did that happen with a couple of years ago? That's Steelers-Ravens. Steelers-Ravens was one. And there's been a couple of instances. Packers-Vikings. That's the one I'm trying to think of. Packers-Vikings. Packers needed to win to get into it. And then they won again the next day at home. That's right. And that was when uh, Rodgers was coming back from his last injury. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, now we've gone that little trip in time. Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Sting as stinks Chiefs. Oh, it's quite probably appropriate. They are stumbling around drunk as a skunk. We have to give the Bills some credit from rebounding, rebounding from what we will charitably call the uh, the Peterman incident. Um, but you know, we've talked enough about them. Really, yeah. the Chiefs should bench Smith, according to Gordo. Well, Patrick Mahomes' time has come. They are still remarkably in the divisional lead. Well, you've got, you've got one team here in the Buffalo Bills who are trying to lose games but can't lose games. <laughs> and, and then you've True. got the Kansas City Chiefs who are trying to win games and have suddenly just turned you've upside down. You've got one general manager turning his hair out because they're 5-0 and, <laughs> and they're not falling apart. And the other one's turning his hair out because his team might get to the playoffs. It's the strangest scenario you've they ever heard of. I, s- I still think last week, though, was the most bizarre thing. You've got a team actually in the playoff spot yeah. for the first time since 1999 and they bench their starting quarterback, who has been consistent. Tyrod Taylor, in history, has the lowest interception rate of any quarterback. Lower than Brady, lower than Rodgers. He takes care of the ball. If you listen to the flagship stations in New York and Buffalo, they're all saying the same thing. The front office want them to lose. Yeah. They yeah. want to have that draft pick opportunity to get one of those quarterbacks next year. This wasn't in the game plan. New head coach, new general manager, will have a reasonably average season, will get a good pick in the draft, and all of a sudden... And Taylor, too well. and Taylor, who you know could justify a contract extension, they want rid of him. And he comes back last weekend. He played really well again. So, yeah, but I mean, they're not th- picking up huge points though. I mean, sixteen ten, it's tight. It's, it's, it's le- leaning again, on the though. defense. They're leaning on the yeah. defense. I think Tyra Taylor is gone at the end of the season. Without a doubt. Um, there's your potential landing spot as the Browns for Tyra Taylor. It could be a, an ideal one for him. Make big money and play a year or two. But the Buffalo Bills, like under McDermott, he was voted by a couple of the analysts as the kind of up-and-coming coach of this year behind McVeigh and we're very impressed with what he was doing. But to suddenly like do what he did, it just shows that there is a, a controlling power within the front office that are making decisions like that. But the Chiefs, they they got to make a decision. Uh, if, if, they're, if they're on this landslide, they got to do something to stop it. Uh, and for me, 
The only way is you bring in the gunslinger. You put Mahomes in there and you see what he can do. Kelsey said last week, even before the game, the weekend, some of the stuff he's doing in, in the week-to-week training camps is, uh, is unreal. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did see that from Kelsey yeah. in relation to it. So, um, but it, it's it kind of it's similar to the Minnesota situation. A lot of people want Bridgewater, the whole romantic notion that he's the business. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. That's no. not going to happen with this one. Um, but it's maybe not next happen. season. Well, I mean, but I mean, look, Gordo follows the Chiefs more closely, being his third or fourth team. So I mean, you know, he he he's staying close to them there. They could be replacing the Browns soon enough at this stage. So they might be edging into second place. You Jesus. never know. You never know. Jesus. He's going to have four or five of those Christmas jumpers. Actually, we're quite lucky. He hasn't added another team since about week five. So no, no, I've kept, I've kept it clean, yeah. He kept it clean to four of them. Okay, um, I must admit, as a Pats fan, I'm a, I am a bit nervous about the Bills next week, going away to the Bills and, you know, keeping the division open if we lose it. It's in Buffalo, yeah? It's in Buffalo, yeah, yeah. And Squeaky bum time. It is because, you know, if Pats lose that and then you lose the game at home, they've got the tiebreaker. And that three-game lead shrinks very, very, very quickly. So... Um, they didn't, however, the New England Patriots have any difficulty with another AFC East team this weekend. They beat the Miami Dolphins 35-17. Um, last six games, the Patriots defense, who still give me heart attacks at times, have actually conceded 17 points or less, uh, which is, I believe, a franchise record. It's certainly a very rare occasion it happens. The Pats and the Vikings are the only two teams to have done that achievement in the last uh, five years. Oh, sorry, seven years since 2010. Um, and to be honest... This game was over in the first drive. You know, Patriots looked like they were going three and out. The first fake punt they've run in God knows how long. The first successful one. They've run a few failed ones at times. And then Brady gets the ball back. Long long run. Long pass. Gets over the line. Seven zip. Um, and the Dolphins didn't look like they were doing anything. At the end of the half, the uh, Dolphins uh, had a chance and I messed up a little bit with another interception uh, by uh, Matt Moore. And yeah, I'm I'm quite happy. They're rounding into form, looking good. Week 15, Gordo looms large. Yeah, look, as in the Patriots doing what they do best, but Miami Dolphins and Matt Moore, I kind of talked them up a few weeks ago, I think, with Brian when he came in and replaced Jay Cutler, and we were kind of wondering whether or not the money they'd given to Jay Cutler was was worth it. But like they're sitting what yeah. now, four and seven, is it? Miami uh, Dolphins. Dolphins are done. He, he, Dolphins play, are well he plays well at home, but he, when they go on the road, like the last previous. Road game, they're away to the Ravens, and he got smashed up. There was nothing scary about Matt Moore. Like, I mean, the only thing that was worrying about the Dolphins was if their run uh, offense kind of yeah. could penetrate the patchy uh, Patriots' run defense. It didn't. That the, was ga- it. the game was never in doubt. The game really was killed off. Actually, I know you're saying it was over early on because of the drive. But, but it was a halftime. It was yeah, that yeah, opportunity. That interception, that interception yeah, in by Gilmore, zone. which was yeah. a great bit of cornerback play. Um, and then straight after. That was a poor throw. Oh, he underthrew, but he, he underthrows everyone. He got a 34-yard gain on a pass interference call that only came about because he underthrew the receiver by about 10 yards. Yeah. So you know, that will happen from time to time. Anyway, not much to be said. I'm reasonably pleased. Seven-game win streak for the Patriots. Turning our attention to the last AFC to East team, uh, New York Jets were at home to the Carolina Panthers. This was one of these sneaky, exciting games. 35-27 in favour of the Panthers. Plenty going on. Brian... Lots in this one. Yeah, it was a very unusual back and forth game. There was a lot of talking points. Jets had a touchdown again. Jenkins, another one during the season, which was wrongly, arguably wrongly uh, changed by the officiating. Correct. Looked like he had it. Well, maybe the original, not the one on Sunday. His knee was down. It was oh, the one on Sunday was down. No, that was wrong. Yeah, it's a bizarre decision. Um, the Panthers did their best to kind of give the game away, and then obviously then the game changed with the. Uh, Luke Keekley return by the mistake McCown. He's people have been on his back, but 
he was only trying to do, you know, escape the pocket, and obviously he dropped the ball. And then they had a punt return, which kind of killed off the game. But um, I just noticed in the game, Cam, Cam Newton again, he's just back to his antics. He's just not like, they were hitting him on sly, different, you know, there were no, there were so many different flags in the game where hits on Cam, but you can see the Jets were just getting antagonised by the way he goes on. His touchdown celebration, not one Panthers player went over with him. No, you, you I can just tell. That. It's like they all, say, they all think the same thing. He's a, He's an idiot. <laughs> well, I, I thought his t- touchdown celebration where he's trying to do Smug. Superman thing. It was smugness, yeah. Trying to do Superman thing. Was it Buster Screen trying to interrupt yeah. him? And then he does it larger and louder and then turns to the official and we're going, do I get a flag? Do I get a flag for, you know, Screen oh, interrupting me in, in my celebration? It's just too much. Adams put one on him in the fourth quarter and he just took the officials and the officials gave it, but they kind of looked at him and said, like, you kind of deserve this. You know, he's just... It's so many people starting to dislike him. I, I have to admit, um, Brady had an interview after the Dolphins game. He got hit eight times uh, by the Dolphins. And the Dolphins were getting a bit chippy in relation to it. And his attitude afterwards was, you know, yeah, I got hit a few times. What about that Sue one that was underneath the helmet? I said, no, pretty much in the chest. It was a good hit. Um, of course, I was turning to the officials and trying to get a flag or two, but you have to give them a bit of a lobbying. It was a little bit more genuine, but it wasn't... Uh, pedantic and petulant and that's the problem Newton comes across in his yeah. press conferences on he was the late field. for the press conference because he said he was selecting his hat he was probably trying to select the questions he wanted to ignore this week anyway, anyway. that kind of takes away from the game the Jets played reasonably well they've done really well at home in games it was one of those games you know it was constantly flicking to on red zone and it wasn't a bad game and then one more thing on the game the Jets wide receiver going up to the camera after his touchdown saying vote for me for the uh, for the uh, the Pro Bowl he went up to the camera after he scored a touchdown saying, please vote for me, Anderson. You know, Robbie team, Anderson. team game, win the game, then worry about your, your voting no. later in the season. The Jets, Jets don't worry about that. Uh, uh, look, the Jets are four games, uh, they've got four, game, four wins more than we ever thought they'd have. Which sure. is true, and they're playing tough. They're playing tough, and they played tough at the weekend. Um, Chicago Bears at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, uh, yeah, Alfred Lord Tennyson used to say about the Eagle, he clasps the crag with crooked hands close to the shore in Asia or lands. The Philadelphia Eagles are clasping that uh, NFC East trophy already in their grasp, effectively. One more win or one more loss by Dallas, and it's theirs. You know, 10-1. and one. What yeah. more can you ask for? Look, I think we've talked up Carson Wentz all season long. Um, we're all huge admirers of what he does. I think one interesting part that um, I've seen recently is the relationship between Carson Wentz and his tight end, uh, Ertz. Is it Ertz? Zach Ertz, yeah. Zach Ertz. And I think and it wasn't until I kind of thought back. You think back some of the greatest teams, especially with the Steelers, it was um, Roethlisberger and Miller. There's always been a good tight end QB relationship. Mark Bavaro for the Giants in the 90s. Rob Gronkowski, you know, <laughs> with the Suns. Because if, if you look at their... Carson Wentz relies on Earths quite a lot throughout the games. Uh, and then also, they've got a good run game at the moment. Um, a really, really good strong run game uh, in Philadelphia. Look... They're 10-1. and one. They're unstoppable at the moment. Uh, the Chicago Bears, again, they're like the Jets. They're another team with one or two wins more than we thought they'd ever have at this stage of yeah. the season. At least Trubisky's playing. Um, so, you look, I think they're kind of regretting the money they've spent now in Glennon because um, they don't have the biggest cap space oh, in the we league. We said that. We said that from... But they don't have the biggest cap space, so next year is going to be tough for them. Well, not, oh, so much about, not so much about the cap cut. space. I think we all yeah. just predicted that he would inevitably start the season because they pushed him in free agency and then after five or six games to... Yeah. The, the poll the will Mitch. come for, for Mitch. He, does, he doesn't look like a bad QB. Um, Mitch? Yeah. I think he's good, yeah. yeah. But well, he has to throw the ball. But that. it's only game management. In fairness, it's game management. He's throwing, well, did he throw nine times on the weekend? He's throwing games with 13. He had one game with only four attempts. Well, the com- and all the competitors are saying, come on, let the boy throw, just let him throw. Like, But 
like you're up against the Eagles, they need to do something. Last year we were saying the same thing when Goff came in. Yeah, but Goff and actually had a lot more attempts. Like Goff, Goff, in fairness, it wasn't as limited as Trubisky's been, and so in terms of Trubisky's yeah. throws, um, Goff actually looked bad because he was throwing so much and it was so disjointed in Jeff Fisher's offense. I mean, I think Trubisky's got something about him. I'm not sold or convinced yet, but obviously last season we definitely weren't sold on Goff. Uh, he needs a few more weapons, then we'll see. Say, yeah, but how is he going to adapt? Because surely John Fox is getting the bullet. So John Fox will get the bullet, probably a new coach, new offensive coordinator, new um, scheme for him to learn and to adapt to. We've, we've talked before, I think, well, not necessarily you and I have talked off, off the pod, if you like, about Sam Bradford and how many different schemes he had to go through, which maybe uh, didn't help his development in the best of times. Brady has been great because Brady's been lucky. He's had the same scheme. Roger's the same, the same scheme. Um, but as, it could mess him it, up completely. It, it could go the other way because Goff has had a new scheme this year. And it's actually benefited him. I, I agree. I'm just, I, I don't know. I, there's so much unknown about Trubitsky because whilst he's starting and whilst he's playing, he's not really playing at the moment. He's not given the chance to. No, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway. A, you're right. There's a lot, I'd imagine there's a lot of changes coming down that way. Speaking okay. of Jared Goff. He was playing in the game of the week this weekend, probably. Uh, Los Angeles Rams at home to the New Orleans Saints. Um, the Rams just about edged them out. I mean, this is two divisional leaders. Personally, I watched this game. I said, if it's the NFC Championship game, we won't be badly served. Um, very exciting game. Rams just had enough, really, because mostly due to the 10-0 start. And then the defense kind of held the way for them going forward. But it was the start that was key. Held on to win 26-20. The big gap, I thought, to be honest, watching this, was New Orleans Saints had one player that was immense. Alvin Cam- uh, Camara, sorry, Camara. Um, he's definitely replaced Hunt as the Rookie of the Year. The guy had 188 yards on just 11 touches. Well, you know, five carries and six uh, catches out of the backfield. But why only 11 touches? I know they've got Ingram there as well, but Ingram r- rushed for like 11 times for 41 yards or something. You've you got to mix Camera. it up against. You got to mix it up against that strong front seven. But he should not only have 11 touches in that game. He was setting the world alight with the play every, every time, time he got, he got the ball. Every time he got the ball. So I mean, even for this game, if he had had even 15 or 16 touches, I think it would have been a different result. I, I think he think was the the difference. I also think what, we're not, what we haven't pointed out is the fact that um, last Friday the Saints lost the two cornerbacks for the game. Lattimore has been standout quarterback, probably in the league. Yes, this year yeah, for yeah. He was, he was, he was ruled out, and then the double whammy. Then the other, I can't recall his name. The other cornerback on the other side was ruled out of the game. So straight away, you're you're going with your backup cornerbacks. I can't recall. His I want to say bro, but that might no. be wrong. Yeah, but uh, like I had picked the Saints. I'm not sure I would have picked the Saints if I hadn't known that information at the time when we were doing the podcast. Well, La- Latimore was ruled out early because I think he'd had an injury from the week before. But I agree, Latimore has been amazing as a rookie. I'm sure the Saints are glad they didn't trade their first round pick for uh, Malcolm Butler, who's been a little bit inconsistent yeah. in New England. Well, they need him back because they have the Panthers this weekend now, and they got to get back in on track. Um, I'm just going to give you my stat of the week. Who has thrown the third most touchdown passes in NFL history? From this weekend? As he, did he break the record at the weekend? Yes, he did. So it's Tom Brady, is it? Yeah, it is Tom Brady. Tom oh Brady God. and Drew Brees keep switching positions. So Tom Brady threw four touchdowns and overtook Drew Brees again. However, the reason I bring this up is uh, I- an interesting stat for me. He's going to overtake Brett Favre, if you include the playoffs, with his next eight touchdowns. So I know this whole thing about they always have the regular season record, but I reckon you always have to include the touchdowns in the postseason as well. 
And if you do that next season, he's going to overtake Manning. So anyway, I just put that one on notice, guys. I'll give you the countdown as we go through the season next year. Don't Can't worry. Yeah. I'm sure you're delighted. Um, Seattle Seahawks at San Francisco 49ers. The Seahawks won this 24-13. Gordo, it was routine enough win. Maybe? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really going to concentrate on the game in this one. I think the big talking about point of this is Jimmy G finally got a bit of game time. Three throws and he scored a touchdown one of them. Um, talk now, will they play him? With 11 seconds left. With, 11, with 11 seconds left. Uh, that's the only talk. Do do the 49ers play Garoppolo now? Um, Shanahan has come out and said, unless um, um, Bertrand, Bethard, 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 uh is injured and can't play, then Jimmy will play. But other than that, he's going to go back to being benched, which it, it, it's interesting that they're doing that. And I understand why. And they've mentioned as well, they're going to franchise tag him. They've pretty much, Shannon has pretty much come out and said he's going to be franchise tagged for next year for somewhere in the region of 24 to 26 million. Yeah. Um, and get another year out of out of Garoppolo um, and then decide whether or not to invest in him. They're talking in New England about extending Brady because they want to spread his cap hit again. So they're going to extend him into year 44 or something until he's 44. It's very possible that Garoppolo will be playing on more than double of Brady's cap hit next year. Yeah. And look, if, if, would I play Garoppolo now? With the 49ers at 1 and 10. I'd like to see him get maybe throw him in for the fourth quarter every game. Get get him a bit of game time so that at least by next season, you know, he's doing something. But should be starting. Do you think he should be starting by yeah, now? At this stage of the season, they've only won. I, I thought Wait. he was going to start this game after the bye. Maybe they wanted to protect him from Seattle's defense. See, see, that's, but the, I don't know. see that's what I think they're trying to do. They're trying to protect him from being hit too much in a team that, you know. Already just going down the theory that I have about the Giants, but they want to get a, a fairly good. Draft well, that could be it as well. Maybe they want to. Maybe they want to get a weapon from. We want you to be year. good, Jimmy. We just don't want you to be that good. Um, so, so by that by that logic, that he's actually done his uh, chances of playing time damage by going in three plays, score a touchdown. Yeah. It's like Jesus, don't put him in the again. Seahawks this is too it, dangerous. If the game is over, the Seahawks are playing soft at that stage as well. It's, it's it's like the reason we don't bring Gordo to the All You Can Eat buffet, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that was a nice one. Well done, Mark. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Jacksonville Jags <laughs> at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, disappointing loss for the Jags here. You know, 27-24 going down to the Cards. Yeah, against a, a quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Blaine Gabbard. Blaine Gabbard has just been brought back in. Um, yeah, it was just, it was an interesting well, one. We both went for the Cards in this game. Yeah. Enough, and, uh, I was the only one that went for the Jags, yeah. actually. Well, a lot of that for me was down to the fact that the two weeks prior to beat, um, sorry, two weeks ago to beat the Browns, and they struggled to beat the Browns Jags. They got a touchdown at the end. Um, a pick, it wasn't a pick six, it was fumbled, recovered in the end zone. Made the, made the score look a lot more kind of relaxed than it was. And the week before that, against San Diego at home, if ever there was a game that San Diego gave away, they, they intercepted yes, Bortles yes. twice. Yeah. Then they managed to fumble it and allowed the, the Jags to get back into um, back into overtime. And then again, Rivers threw an interception. So the last few games for the Jags, albeit they've won, they haven't been convincing. And I just thought the last weekend would be too much of an ask. And but again, Bortles... You, you called it right. The play call at the end for Bortles was shocking. Yeah. Oh, this it is the play call. Yeah, the play call run to run. pass, which yeah. you stopped the clock and gave the cards enough time to get down for the field goal. But I mean, he got intercepted on, on a screen. Uh, sorry, was, that's right. It yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't such a screen pass, but he went down to the side and there was clearly two players in front of him. So what he was doing, throwing, he just threw it away. But the fact that they weren't calling with Fournette there, run, run, kill the clock, at least put themselves in a situation where they kick a field goal, if they don't make it, it goes into overtime. But the fact they were thrown, just, it was a strange one. Well, he, he, strange he, one. he could have run it because he got two rushing touchdowns he in did, this game. Yeah. 
Um, like Bortles was actually having a, a an okay game, N- nothing amazing, but then he did what Bortles does, you know. But the play call, I put it down to the play call. I know he, he shouldn't have thrown it, but like who's calling that play? It's just a yeah. ridiculous decision. It, it is a ridiculous decision, and that's why the Jags have been so poor for so long. But I mean, yeah. this season. They're there or thereabouts. They're still in wild card contention. Obviously, they've got a great chance of the division still. It's down to them and the Titans, neither of which have been startling. No. Are, are we actually headed for the awful wild card weekend in the AFC? Like, if you think the Titans or the Jags might win one division, the Chiefs or the Chargers, the Chargers might be interesting, will win the other. You know, the wild card teams don't look overwhelming if you've got the Ravens and the Bills and people like this hanging around. It could be. Two really, yeah. really awful right, games. Right now on the AFC side, if it finished today, you'd have the Baltimore Ravens going to the Tennessee Titans. Oh, God. Yeah. That's and exciting. the Jags going to the Chiefs. Mm. Yeah. The NFC. Do, the, the do you remember the year that uh, Jake Delhomme threw five interceptions for the Panthers? Against, the ca- against Arizona? Against, against Arizona, yeah. against Palmer. It kind of has the ring of a game like that. It's a real stinker. Yeah, it's the NFC up. side you, you'll enjoy more. Atlantic going to Los Angeles Rams. Yep. And the Carolina Panthers going to the Saints. Yeah. yeah. That, you see, that is exciting. That is stimulating. And of course, in the NFC at the moment, the four divisional leaders all not only didn't make the playoffs, sorry, all weren't divisional leaders last year, but none of them made the playoffs last year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's real refreshing talent coming through. But it's still a few weeks ago, so all that could change. It could. I don't think it will, but it could. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're on to, uh, we'll change sports for a minute. So, we're going to leave NFL for a minute and we're going to talk about boxing. So, you had the thriller in Manila. You had Ali telling you you've got to float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Well, that's not what we saw from Tlaib and Crabtree. Um, the Denver Broncos at the Oakland Raiders. Oakland won 21 14. But it was the fight. It was the brawl that we want to talk about, surely, boys. It was the only thing exciting in the game. Yeah. Because the Raiders are up 21. Can we talk about Marshawn Lynch as well, guiding Tlaib off the pitch and through the. The Raiders' uh, sidelines. Sean has experience. You know, he's yeah. never been a high head player. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about Crabtree throwing punches at Tlaib when Tlaib still had his helmet uh, on? But it and did Crabtree didn't. But Crabtree didn't. I can I never. I can, I can never understand that. As in, you're throwing a punch at a helmet. There's yes. only going to be one outcome here. Your hand <laughs> is going to get broken. But even worse, as I said, with him, without him having his helmet on, you're encouraging to try and hit you back, and you don't have. This is all down to some chain, isn't it? Yeah, so Crab, Crabtree, and, and this time Crabtree had his chains apparently uh, taped. taped, so it made it even harder for him. But every time Tlaib tries to rip the chain off him, but there's kind of a theory of why not not wear the chain, yeah. perhaps. That yeah. that might have and again, you can see it in it like he's being blocked, he's being pushed to the sideline, and Tlaib rips the chain off his neck and throws it to the ground. And that's what starts it, that's what started last time. It's just three it's three minutes or three and a half minutes in. Crabtree blocked to leap into the sidelines onto the floor. Started a mass brawl. Kamikaze. They've stuff both then. been suspended for two games. Yeah. Just released out. Um, and then the Raiders' um, uh, offensive lineman uh, got Jackson. Uh, Gabe Jackson. Gabe Jackson for uh, touching a referee. He pushed him over. Yeah. Did he get push out, him? Get out of my way. Did he? <laughs> So he got he got he got banned as well, you know. Which, so. Yeah, you know. But in there's fairness, really they, the two things they were going to click cut down on, which was yeah. touching of officials. The, the Broncos don't care; they're three and seven. Fighting. They'll just live without playing for two games. It's the Raiders. They're actually now have to put themselves in a position where one game behind and one of their main wide receivers has gone for two games. True, but you know, maybe you rely on one of those games. You just throw everything in Amari Cooper, and it comes well, it's together. the Giants this weekend at home. So yeah, you're no, right. yeah, that's yeah. that's all they'll need. That's all they'll need. But a good bounce back from them after a shellacking by the Patriots in Mexico as well. Um, Green Bay Packers of Pittsburgh Steelers Gordo the Steelers won just about like I mean the Packers nearly caused a massive upset here yeah it was but look I suppose for me 
all that matters is we're nine and two. I predicted we'd be eleven and two. We're two games away from making that prediction. So, um, so you missed that podcast, Mark. I did miss that podcast. This this was about four four podcasts ago. I predicted that the Steelers would go eleven and two. Two games left to make that, and I'm pretty confident we're going to do it. Okay. Um, was yeah. this the podcast where you predicted the Steelers get to the Super Bowl or the Raiders get to the Super Bowl? Steelers. This is the Steelers one. Don't worry. Oh, right. we're, we're oh, okay. on this. We, we clarified this last week as well. Look, yeah, it, uh, this was just one that went close. And we've said that the Steelers aren't going to blow out teams week in, week out. There are going to be games like this where they're going to worry it. This is one of those. Um, but it's a win. It's a win. You're 9-2. and two. Th- That's all that matters. And that's really all there is to say. Hundley looked a bit better. Yeah, um, yeah, he did. He, he did. Looked, he looked. He managed it a bit better, but again, Steelers no. didn't look like they were going full throttle. They, it, it worries would, me. It's I almost underestimated the Packers slightly, but they knew they did enough to win the game. It's almost patriot-like. They're just getting the wins. Yeah. They know you know that there's more in the tank there for we, them if they need it. We all know what's coming. It's it's week fifteen. Yeah. It's going to be flexed Sunday night. It's Patriots. no, they've um, they've already protected it. CBS already oh. protected the game, yeah. so it's going to be the nine twenty-five game oh, that way. Yeah, even exactly. There, so there, there was one us. one good hit, hit in this game that I loved, which was TJ Watt giving a good old smack on Hundley straight through the pocket, stopped him. It was just it, something TJ Watt. He just looks like a serious, serious player for the Steelers this year. He's just making some big hits. So yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm enjoying what Steelers doing, but nine and two. Okay, that's all there is to say. And in Monday Night Football, look, it was an awful game as well, pretty much. And you have to listen to Sean. Um, oh. The commentator with Gruden, I can't think of the play caller at the moment. Sean McDonough. Sean McDonough and John Gruden. So I really hate Monday Night Football at the moment. Well, John Gruden loves everybody. Everybody, oh, I love him. I I actually, if we go, actually, I shouldn't have brought it up, but talking about commentators, I know you don't like Romo, but the last few weeks, you've got to love Romo. When Romo was commentating on the Mexico City game, and it's the first time in a while probably I've listened to him for the whole game, because obviously it was a Pats game, he sounded half cut. <laughs> like he, him and Jim Nance, they were having a chat. They were having a great cr- crack. Like even Nance made a crack at one point and said, oh, you were well hydrated the other night. Yeah, I was, Jim. Yeah, a couple of corona. <laughs> like, I mean, it was actually great banter. I well, must he seems, he is upsetting people because even in the Arbor Alabama game last Saturday where the uh, commentator for the college football picked out a particular pick, particular play on a touchdown. I saw this, yeah. And, um, it, it, came, it came about and he man goes, that was great play calling. He goes, well, I can't have Tony Romo doing everything. <laughs> so, uh, I yeah. enjoy Tony Romo. I know Brian has this vendetta against him for some reason. Because he's quarterback. Yeah, he's because he's actually enjoyable to listen to. He's a bit of fun. Uh, yeah. If you follow him on social media, it's well worth it as well. Um, but he'll get in some golf analogy every second. Yeah. he get, he can he he's, can. He's, he's good crack, and he ain't going anywhere. So, but uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoy Tony Romo. Exactly. But look, anyway, on Monday night, Ravens won twenty three sixteen. They're still backdooring into the sixth seed. They're still dysfunctional on offense, and we'll see where we go. On the picks, Mark's winning by about six, I think, at this stage. Walking yeah. away with the tournament overall. But let's move on from that, because the boys don't want to talk about it, onto our Week 13 games. Wednesday night doesn't have any football, but Thursday night does. <laughs> good, good one there. That was smooth, I think. Our Thursday night has the Washington Redskins going away to the Dallas Cowboys. Back-to-back Thursday games for the Cowboys. Gordo, who you got on this one? Uh, I'm going with the Redskins because of the Cowboys and the show that they put on last week. Um, they're just disappointing to watch. Uh, their offensive line is poor. Um, and yeah, I think Cousins is just playing better football than Dak Prescott at the moment. So I'm going with the Redskins. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I've no faith in the Cowboys. They're on a 
downward spiral and albeit the Redskins were very good last weekend overall Cousins has been reasonably good this season I think the Cowboys will raise their game because it's divisional but Redskins are going to yeah, take Redskins, that one yeah. Sunday we go to our 1pm games uh, in the state 6pm over here uh, Carolina Panthers away to New Orleans Saints now this is a, uh, this has got the possibility of being a cracker you know real divisional tiebreaker scenario both teams hot one game in it um Oh, eight and three. Saints. Sorry, have, that's right. Sorry, yeah. Saints lost the weekend. Yeah, Saints so have the uh, tiebreak because they, they went into Carolina yes. earlier in the season, which was unexpected at the time. Um, going back into the dome, you, you'll always fancy the Saints in the dome, and I think after last weekend's reversal against the Rams, they'll be even more keen to win. And I'm going to go with the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints again. I, I'm still taking on board what Brian has said about missing missing your um, your two cornerbacks and. Uh, again, will they be back fully healthy? They're not. I'm not sure. There's been no reports. Yeah, yet, so. so so we don't know what situation there is. But again, I think the dome plays a huge factor here because it just means Breeze is going to throw a lot, and it's there's going to be a high scoring game on offense for the Saints. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints in this one. If the New York Jets can score 27 against the Panthers, the Saints can score more. Panthers can stand up and stay stack up in one particular game, but I go with Saints. Uh, Broncos at the Dolphins. I mean, this is too. <laughs> Inconsistent teams is putting it mildly. Broncos obviously lost to lead for two games. It's possible the Broncos could pull it together, but on balance, I think Miami, uh, Matt Moore playing at home will be a bit of a different story. And Paxton I just Lynch see them having gone. enough. Simeon is back in a quarterback this week. They don't even know who they want the quarterback. Well, Paxton Lynch got injured towards injured. the back yeah. end of that game. Yeah, but I mean, Osweiler went from one to three in a week. Like, that, this well, is a bit like the Browns at the start of the season for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, it's... The Dolphins will win on the base. They're at home, and Matt Moore tends to play better at home. Yeah, to be honest, this one is just literally close your eyes and, and pick because it could be anyone. It's not um, one I'd be worried about on Sunday, anyway. No, um, I I do think I'm going to go with the Dolphins just because of Matt Moore playing at home. Sneaky thing to watch out for the Dolphins and the Bucks, of course. Remember, is now they've played 13 weeks or 12 weeks of consecutive football it's now because they've lost the, the bye. So the last few weeks they're going to really be running on teams. Uh, next game, Lions away to the Baltimore Ravens. Fringe contenders of wild cards in both divisions. Now Lions' hope of the division is probably gone after losing on Thanksgiving. Brian, how do you see this one going down? I think if the Lions do it, they'll even be gone out of wild card situation. Um, you've got the Falcons in a wild card at the moment. Um, Saints the Panthers are one of them. Depending on who wins that game, will <coughs> in all likelihood take that other wild card. So, Gene uh, Mac, it's a tough one. I'm going to side towards the Ravens. I think just defensively. They just do enough, as particularly the home games. So I think the Ravens will win. Go uh, I'm going to go with the Lions on this one. Um, I'm going to put my money on Stafford uh, to pull this one out of the bag. So yeah, that's where I'm lying on this one. I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are going to end up with a wild card because of the schedule to come. So because of that, and they're not going to make the playoffs, I'll go with the Lions. Well, I agree with you. They don't have to make the playoffs, but just on this game, I think... Stafford beats non-playoff teams. He doesn't beat playoff teams. So I'll go Lions on the side with Gordo on that one. Uh, next game got, had the makings earlier in the season. Then we lost to Sean Watson of being a real divisional decider uh, to a large extent. T Tennessee Texans versus, sorry, Houston Texans versus the Tennessee Titans. Titans are at home, Gordo. Uh, they can't afford to lose this one. Um, this this is the game they need to win. Uh, they're back at 7-4 and four now. I, I would be shocked, shocked if Houston Texans pull off this one. Uh, I think they're missing too many weapons on offense, obviously to Sean Watson, and then obviously on defense as well. Um this is this is the make or break game for me for the Tennessee Titans. They need to win this one and win it comfortably enough. Uh, and that's why I'm going to go with the Titans. Uh, Brian, who you got? Yeah, I don't expect the game to be comfortable for the Titans, but I do expect them to win. But uh, they're not... 
you know, they're not fulfilling the potential. I don't, I, 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 really yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to be comfortable. I think they need to try and make it comfortable. This is, this is the game. There's If you can't beat the Texans with what they're missing somewhat comfortably, then that says a lot about what, where the Titans are as a team at the moment. I, I think this has got all the makings of kind of a 19-10, gritty, yeah. horrible game Similar altogether. enough to what they did against the Bengals at home. Yeah, similar enough to the Colts game as well the yeah. other day. But look, I Locked see Titans as well. Yeah. Next game is the other half of the AFC South. Indianapolis Colts away to the Jacksonville Jaguars. For me, you know, the Colts have been playing tough, but it's the Jags. It's the Jags. They have to bounce back. They have to keep the pressure on the Titans here, and I think they're going to walk it. And yeah. I think they will. I think they'll be comfortably. Yeah. Jags will win, yeah. Yeah, same. Um, next game's a tricky one. Kansas City Chiefs away to the New York Jets. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Um, again, I could see a similar enough game to last weekend, but I, at some stage, the Chiefs have to get things bounce back on back. track. And Interestingly enough, their uh, explosive play calling at the start of the season has gone away. They're not even looking at those players. I believe that they've actually just taken them out of the playbook completely, which is a bit of an unusual one. I think they need to go back to that. Well, wasn't it the, the most amazing thing a couple of weeks ago or last week? Travis Kelsey said basically, oh, yeah, so teams are just playing in cover two and they're able to stop us. And it was like every defensive coordinator in the NFL was probably going, well, that's the way they feel about it. We'll scheme yeah. up some cover two this weekend. It's but then surely Kelsey's getting enough space in the middle to make plays. But this is the thing. You would have thought that would have been ideal for them. For their, own game the gone to the, their own game is non-existent. That's exactly how you Look, beat cover two. But no, The, the Jets are f- have won the games that we expect. Sorry, have won enough games at yeah. this stage. Chiefs have to win. That's what I, I think Chiefs. they'll be too desperate. I think Chiefs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, the Chiefs have to turn around. I, they just have to. I and Gordo, who starts at quarterback? If I was head coach, which I should be, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Um, who but who, I think, who do I you think is going to start I think they'll stick with Alex Smith. And who's going to finish at quarterback? Patrick Mahomes. In this game? Yeah. There we go. Prediction. Right. right um, Vikings at the Falcons, boys. Oh. I'm going to go with the Falcons. Three in a row. They're on a bit of a roll. They're only one game behind in the division. The Vikings, albeit they're in the second seed at the moment, at some stage I feel they will lose a game and I think this is the one. Yeah. We, said, we, we said it last week. We said there's a cliff there on Case Keenum. Uh, one day he's going to fall off it. Yeah, which game is it? I thought it would have been last week. Claiborne will get after him and I think they'll do enough defensively to give Matt Ryan enough chance to win the game. Yeah, I, I just, there has to be a game that he falls apart and I think this, like, if there's anyone, it's the Falcons will put enough pressure on him. I don't think they're going to get the pass rush pressure. I think it's Vikings okay. on this one. Uh, and I think the O-line will keep him clean enough. And the Falcons, on the other side, do get the pressure from the Vikings front four. So we'll see. But I, yeah. I go Vikings. Patriots and Bills, surprisingly, guys, I'm going Patriots. But I must say I'm not looking forward to it. You know, uh, the Bills' defensive line is scary. They are very good defense. And Tyrod Taylor and the mobile quarterback can't be overlooked. I think he's going to cause... New England a lot of trouble. Pats are suffering as well with injuries, so I think it's going to be a lot tighter than the spreads putting it at. Uh, but I still go Patriots. Yeah, I, to, to be honest, I, the Patriots are just too good a team um, to lose this game to the Buffalo Bills, and I think everything that's happening in Buffalo just makes it very hard to understand where they are as a team at the moment. Um, even if Tyro Taylor starts, he knows he's not the quarterback that they want to start. So yeah, I just think the Patriots are just too good. I, I can't see them losing this game. I'm going to go with the Bills. I Ooh. knew it. They're yeah. at home. They've been really strong at home, apart from one game where the Saints went in and blew them them, yeah. But um, it's a divisional game. All divisional games are tend to be close in the AFC East. Agreed. And I think Taylor has a point to prove, actually, after what's happened to him. And look, McDermott's not going to be worrying what's going on in the background in the front office. They're in a playoff spot at the moment. Well, they were, sorry. But they've still got an opportunity for the Ravens, as you said. We expect the Ravens to fall away. No... 
I'm going to go with the Bills. But I, I don't I, think it's going to be as damaging as people think for the Patriots in the long run for the number one seed. Yeah, because if they still go into Steelers and win out, they'll still get the one number one seed. So, yeah, it's possible. Uh, Patriots obviously also put um, Martellus Bennett and Nate Edmer, their special teams maven, who got injured on the fake punt, uh, both on IR. So twice in a season then it's been put out. Um, we'll blitz through the rest, guys. So I just want one-word answers. 49ers-Bears. I'm going to go with the 49ers. Bears. I'm going to go Bears. Bucks-Packers. Oh, I'm... The Tampa Bay just been so upsetting all year. One word. Sorry. One word. I can't. Ha- I can't handle that. I'm gonna go with the Packers. Hundley. Hundley. To he put even in still says I'm gonna go with Packers. Yeah. Right. Come Packers. On. Packers. Packers. Um, Browns. Chargers. 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 <laughs> Rams. Cards. Rams. 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 Giants. Raiders. 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 It is Raiders. Yeah. Like in this Eagles, Seahawks, I say Eagles. Seattle. Really? Yeah. At home, Sunday night, Century Field, 12th man, Carson Wentz, God bless you. Noel Thomas, no Richard yeah. Sherman. We'll see you next week. Yeah, no, I'm going to yeah, Eagles on this one. Eagles on this, absolutely. Um, Steelers, Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, I know where you're going, Bengals, as well. That's I why I don't think if the Patriots lose, it's that damning a defeat. Bengals are at home. Bengals are turning a little bit of a corner. That game is always tough in, in Cincinnati. And it's a divisional game. And, and it's, and it's the OC night, North. And they've had enough time to rest up. However, Bengals. Steelers are doing enough. Steelers. 10-2. and two. Steelers. I say Steelers. Right, boys. Um, that has been... The Irish NFL podcast this we, week. We have to put out some more bets because some of the feedback I got last week from people was great podcast, but he's where's the bets? Actually, do you know what? I've been <coughs> earning money left, right, and centre. You were, yeah. I was doing great guns because I think everything's fallen into a bit of a pattern now. Thanksgiving, I went three and three, and the few last few weeks, I had a couple of nice ones come in because I think there's it's become a little bit more discernible. Nine handicaps up on Sunday, going on to the Steelers to cover nine and a half, and they let me down. I, I, I'm going to give you a, a five-team accumulator. Um, straight up wins, no handicaps. I'm going to go the Steelers, the Rams, Eagles, which, again, people... You'll get good price on those, yeah. And then I'm going to throw in the Chiefs and then my team to bring it up, the 49ers. That's going to be my one. I'll price it up tomorrow. Price that one up. I think, that, I think, I think the only one there that's going to be the real challenge is 49ers, but I just think it could be a big game for them. Handicap travel. Titans to cover against the Texans. Jags to cover against the Colts. The Packers to cover against the Bucks. And I'm going to put one more in. And that's the Raiders to cover against the Giants. And if you put those four together, you're going to get around 13, maybe 14 to 1. And you could consider both the Los Angeles teams thrown in there as well. In terms of the Rams away to the Cards and the Chargers are home to the Browns. The Chargers are 13 and a half, actually. If I was having a single bet this weekend, it'd be Chargers. They will destroy the Browns I think they're going to destroy the Browns because I just have a bit of fun with it anyway look guys great to be back on the pod with you great to have uh, an hour talking about NFL again Um, that has been this week's Irish NFL podcast Uh, thank you as always to Jason our engineer Um, we will be back next week we will be talking more NFL and going through things but for now with the Irish NFL podcast brought to you in association with the 42.ie Uh, I'd like to say goodbye to Brian O'Leary. Goodbye. Goodbye to Gordon Bridgefield. Goodbye. 
and goodbye from me. Goodbye.